Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown, joining me as guest co-host this week, Heather Maruli's here. Hello. Thank you for having me. Heather, how's it going? Uh, it's actually going pretty well. I feel good. That's good to hear. <laughs> Prior to going into this very heavy subject, I, I feel great. Yeah. <laughs> covering some really upbeat stuff. I've had a few recommendations for covering this. You emailed me about it. We are talking about Escaping Twin Flames. Yes. A three-part Netflix documentary about some shit. This is not your typical cult documentary. Cults aren't usually built around dating, but this was this is a dating cult, mm -hmm. basically. Uh, takes place in Phoenix, Arizona, or at least the documentary starts in Phoenix, Arizona. Right. Jeff and Shalia Ion. Yes. I hate the way Shalia spells her name. Especially once I found out it was a fake name. I'm not right at yeah. all. Mm -hmm. Real name is like Tim Envelope or some shit. <laughs> Get to it. I love how her name it sounds so exotic, and he's just Jeff. Yeah, he, and he changed his <laughs> name at one point, and then right. like went back to Jeff. But we'll get there. Yeah, Jeff Ion. He looks like about ten different highly shady people I've met throughout my life. Oh, he had you know, he has the look of a guy who would have a cult. Yeah, he looks like <laughs> he would have a cult or he would be a cop or he would like, I don't know. I don't trust Jeff at all. Mm -hmm. Not one bit. He and Shalia are the founders of Twin Flame Ascension School, which that might not sound like it, but that's it's kind of a dating site, sort of. Well, I mean, the entire concept of Twin Flames is like, oh God, okay, I'll be honest, like, okay, so like during lockdown in 2020, I went through like an insane phase, okay, and <laughs> and I was like doing all this research on like numerology and like, you know, like universal coincidences and, and one of the things I got into was Twin Flames, okay, and, <laughs> but I never found Jeff and Shalia, I never found their website. Um, but like, I was convinced for months that this guy who I'm like in love with is my twin flame. <laughs> and I was like going crazy, like searching twin flames all the time and like looking for signs and synchronicities. That's what they call them. Synchronicities. Like, oh, I saw some numbers. Did you ever see, um, Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there was that guy, Robin, who was always like calling out numbers he saw. He'd be like, oh, 222. Three, three, yeah, three. Yeah. Like I was totally pulling a Robin, and, and like <laughs> that's how I like I literally almost all of 2020 I was like you know having like weird freakouts about stuff like that. Isn't that strange? That is strange, and it's surprising you didn't <laughs> like find your way to this group. No, I know. Well, I mean, I don't know. I just I feel no desire to give anybody like 
money for that for stuff like that yeah. like i don't i have yeah. no i don't need to join a group or any i'm not a i'm not a group type person i don't think i think i'm kind of impenetrable to some of those stuff i'd be like excuse me i think that's wrong <laughs> you know yeah. i'd be like questioning yeah. yeah i can see that also joining us on the phone heather's twin flame from 2020 oh my god i can't believe eyes eyes <laughs> dropping oh i wish that was the case yeah oh, one of the first interviews is with a girl named Keely, who ends up being a very important figure in this. Yes. She and a guy named Colby both work together at the same grocery store. Mm-hmm. And she was way into him, but he didn't want to be in a relationship. And so she turned to Twin Flame Ascension School over it. TFAS. <laughs> they call right. it. $222 a month. There's the numbers. There's the number. <laughs> it always has to be a number like that. Yeah, that's a lot. That's not. That is a lot. That's not like premium section of the dating app. Money. No, that's that's like how much Equinox costs almost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's expensive. Way too much. No that's one, a lot. No one should go there. But they do guarantee. It's a very important word in this documentary. They guarantee that by the end of your time in Twin Flame Ascension School, you will be in a harmonious union, Heather, mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. your Twin Flame. Right, yes. Which I have in the notes, Twin Flame equals soulmate, basically, but that can't be true because it would just be called a soulmate if that was the case. Right. It's more than that. It is. It's a little complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's like part of it is that it's supposed to be like, oh, because like, you know how like flames on a candle are like, you know, they like dance around back and forth. They never like touch. Basically, sure. that's what it's kind of about and and it's so it's the idea is that oh it's this relationship that's so hard for you to come together but really what it is in reality is usually somebody is like overly eager for the relationship or anxiously attached and then the other person is totally avoidant and has wants nothing to do with it that's basically what it is really you yeah. know it's a toxic dynamic that doesn't really work oh it sure doesn't work like mm -mm. and yeah, it probably doesn't sound like if people haven't watched this documentary and you're just listening to us talk about it first, for one thing, perfectly understandable order of events, I guess. But like this probably doesn't all sound that bad so far. It's just like a group that they're like dating coaches. They want to help you find love. That's all. Yeah, they're it's just harmless, trying to right? love. <laughs> How bad could that possibly go? Holy shit, does it go so bad? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. One of the things that comes up right away, big red flag, the mirror exercise. Every cult has something like this. Yeah. With Scientology, it's flattening the button. That's what they call it. And here, if you have any problem, it's a block and you do the mirror exercise to clear the block. Mm -hmm. Instant red flag. Like you, you should be very alarmed if you join a group and they're like, look, this one exercise, it'll fucking do, it'll, it'll fix everything. Right. And with the mirror exercise, you write out a sentence about something that is upsetting you. 
And then you write the sentence again, but you change all the nouns. So the sentence is about you. Yes. Which hard pass. Hard <laughs> for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, t- it sounds like something that's a- designed to like break down your self-esteem, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And we were talking about the Sarah Lawrence college cult documentaries before we started recording. And that was a thing you saw in that case too. That guy like really instilled it in those kids that like, you're, you're real pieces of shit. And like, I can help you out of it, but you're going to have to like, give me all your money and never talk to your family again. Like it is crazy how similar these stories all are. Like it seems like everyone's following the same playbook and just putting their own little spin on it. Like it's well, yeah. And it seems like they're always targeting some vulnerable segment of the population. So like, you know, in the twin flames thing, it's it's people who are obviously like, oh, they they desperately want to be in love, right? They desperately yeah. want these relationships. And then with um, the Sarah Lawrence cult and that guy Larry, that's his name, right, Larry? Um, you know, it's like college students who like know nothing, <laughs> like yeah, like they're like inexperienced and don't know what's going on, basically. Yeah, and not just that, but in the Sarah Lawrence case, there's some indication that his daughter kind of handpicked that group of kids Mm. because they all had really similar backgrounds and like, didn't have the strongest family connections. They had money problems. Mm -hmm. A bunch of them had like mental health issues and there is some, she's a, she was eventually named as a co-conspirator in that case. And yeah, they also, they, she basically assembled a house full of broken kids for her dad to come in and exploit fucking crazy. Right. Yeah. But Hey, at least they didn't make anyone get uh surgery of any sort. It's, that's uh, <laughs> it's a little foreshadowing for you. Yeah. So yeah, Paula and Stephanie, they are twin sisters who are referenced throughout this a bunch. Paula is one of the people they interview. Stephanie is still in twin flame it seems stephanie joined the peace corps and met some dude she was way into but he wasn't into her back so she turns to twin flame when she gets back home from the peace corps she's constantly on these coaching calls all hours of the night that's where we meet sarah berman investigative journalist she was one of the first media types to look into twin flames she talks about jeff ian's background and god he just seems like every run-of-the-mill con artist mm-hmm. like he's he's a legitimately bad person like he wants like he is described as just like wanting to be rich that's it oh yeah well isn't the first shot of the documentary him like going into his porsche or something yeah <laughs> this is my porsche cayenne <laughs> yeah yeah and throughout so many of his videos because he they were he and the wife would be on video on YouTube. This was like a YouTube dating school kind of at mm-hmm. first. And they were constantly on YouTube. And there were so many times where he was like, I'm rich. I'm fucking rich. You have no idea. I'm so fucking rich. Yeah. And these people are paying him thousands of dollars for these fucking classes. 
Right. Just sitting there being like, oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You're rich, dude. Crazy. How that <laughs> nuts. Mm-hmm. So he meets Shalia sometime around 2012. Her real name is Megan Plant. She came up with the name Shalia after some spiritual coaching. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like quite the journey. They end up getting married in early 2016. They moved to Michigan and Jeff fires up a bunch of lifestyle coaching websites as a means to make money. How did I skip over the point where he also changed his name to Ender Ionethosi? I don't even know how to pronounce that. Yeah, I heard them <laughs> pronounce it and it wasn't enough. I mean, Ian, that's his last name. Right. Ethos? Is that supposed to be ethos? E-T-H-O-S-E? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Ender. I am ethos. <laughs> oh, fuck this guy. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. He looks like a cop, too. I hate it so much. He looks so weird without facial hair. Yeah. And with facial hair, he looks like a <laughs> No, I know, but he looks worse without it. I don't know. He looks yeah. even creepier without it. Yeah, he looks like a fucking cult leader without it. <laughs> Yep. And yeah, these lifestyle coaching websites he sets up, he's like, Hey, you got cancer? I can heal that. Like, how is that even how is no one kicking in your door just over that? Right. I don't think yeah. like Honey Nut Cheerios gotten all sorts of shit for being like, Hey, we might help with cholesterol. And this guy's like, I will talk you out of your cancer on a fucking Zoom call, lady. <laughs> Give me seventy five hundred dollars. I'll talk you out of it. <laughs> So yeah, he eventually just pivots from curing cancer to curing loneliness, basically. Mm -hmm. Keely, it turns out, has a sister named Marley. And we see a picture and she goes, this is my sister Marley and me. It's like, don't say it like that. That's the movie. <laughs> it's like the movie. And I'm fine making that joke because we know Marley is still alive. They interview her in this. There aren't a lot of deaths in this. Just people who haven't shown back up since they left for the cult because that's always touch and go with these documentaries you're like oh they're not mentioning that person or they're mentioning that person but we're not seeing them or talking to them oh yeah and then you yeah. find out later you're like oh uh oh yeah mm -hmm. but in this case it's fine they're just still in a fucking dating cult so keely gets marley into twin flame and keely starts reaching out to colby again because jeff tells her that colby is her twin flame. And so she should go be with him. That becomes a thing that really escalates. Like at first he'll just be like, Hey, you know, that guy you fucking interacted with recently, I think he might be your twin flame. And then by the end, he's like firing off emails. Like, guess what? You know who your twin flame is. Right. And you're not going to believe it. <laughs> Yeesh. So yeah, Keely gets Colby into twin flame. That's also how it always works. Like, like once one person's in, they just start bringing other people in. Cause these aren't stupid people. Mm -hmm. Like they're obviously like they represent themselves. All the people they interview in this, like none of them come off as particularly naive or gullible. They were just right. sad and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And they ran into, they, were, they wanted relationships. They want, they were lonely. That's, yeah. that's a big part of it. 
yeah, they were lonely. They run into someone who's promising to fix that. And not only do they not get that, but they get like CIA level mind control shit pulled on them. Nuts. So Keely decides Colby is her twin flame. They move in together pretty quick. Jeff and Shalia set up a GoFundMe so they can buy housewarming stuff. That was nice of them. But then they tell them exactly what to spend all the money on. And so Keely becomes a twin flame coach. That's mm-hmm. a big detail here is the twin flames coaches. This that, was, that, is, that is a recurring thing in cults is the coach thing. Yeah. It, you're training. It's like the leader is training somebody else to bring someone else. into. It, it's like a top down pyramid type thing. Yeah. It's one of the victim's moms hops online at one point. And gets in the comment section and says, don't you realize this is a multi-level mm-hmm. marketing dating scam? Yes. It's exactly that. Like right. Jeff and his wife are at the top. And they're one, like one woman says it cost her around $30,000 to become a coach. Oh, my God. And then you're making six. That's, like, that's like Scientology, too. Yeah. Where you have to pay for the levels. Right. Oh, my and God. In this case, you pay for the levels to become, there's like different tiers of coaches. Right. And then you coach other members and hopefully they will one day become coaches and they'll have other members below them. Like it's absolutely multi-level marketing Mm -hmm. and they make $60 a session, which I mean, not terrible depending on how long those sessions are. Right. But in 2018, things escalate a little. They have the first in-person Twin Flames Ascension School meeting. Happens in December 2018. And this is when they start talking to people about their soul family, which your soul family is your real family, except not your real family. Your real family is bullshit, and you have to cut them out of your life. But all of the people in Twin Flames, that's your soul family. And as long as you stick with them and keep focused, you're going to find your twin flame. Meanwhile, fuck your mom. Right. Fuck does she know? And yep, that's classic cult shit also. Mm -hmm. Where do you learn this? You got to learn this somewhere, right? Where do you learn how to recruit a cult? How to do this to a group of people? Like, it's not a thing that just, like, it can't just be a thing that comes to you. You just like naturally... Like, you got to study this. Like, even Jim Jones really, really studied cult leaders and people who were good at influencing crowds. Right. Well, also, don't a lot of people read that book, um, The 48 Laws of Power? It has all these, like, manipulation techniques in it. (laughs) Is that what I need to be reading? Holy shit. No. I mean, well, it's like a dangerous book. Like people are like, "Don't ever read this book because it's dangerous." And Ooh, yeah, like but people people will read it in order to be able to like spot manipulation techniques, basically. So what it is, it has these like forty eight different rules of like you know how to interact with people to gain power. Basically, it, it it's actually scary. <laughs> yeah, that is a little scary. Yeah, I have a copy just in case, but it's to fight you know, the effects. <laughs> I'm fighting back against it. You know. Have you read it? 
I've read parts of it. I've like gone in there and like looked at the different rules and some of it makes me nervous, you know, so I'm, I'm like, <laughs> absolutely going to look that book up after we. Yeah. And the guy, the guy who wrote it, he also wrote a different book that I think it's called seduction or something like that. And, um, like pickup artists like use it. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So the guy, his name is, his name is Robert Green. And what is the other book he wrote? Oh yeah. It's called the art of seduction. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. So, um, but look- I feel like if you read it, it's going to be like, tell her her fingernails look fake. <laughs> they're, I mean, yeah, right. Like the negging type thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, there there's a lot of interesting, um, there's like, okay, so the book talks about nine different types of seducers. Oh. Yeah, so. Um, Sexy. And it was published in 2001, which I feel is right before that whole, like, pickup artist thing kind of, like, started, right? Do you remember that? I thought Do you were remember- <laughs> 9-11. No, not 9 Oh my God. Not everything is 9 11. Okay. But <laughs> there was a show on VH1. Uh, oh, uh, I remember with Mystery. Yes, Mystery. The guy with the fuzzy, like, bucket hat the and like, the jacket. Fucking. Yeah, exactly. I guess he was kind of like steampunk, but now that I think about it, <laughs> but um, he was like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to, like, seduce and pick up women. And he was, like, so unattractive. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think that guy had a hand in it. Well, I mean, I guess now I got to read the book. <laughs> Happy late New Year, everybody. This is Adam, host of the podcast you're listening to right now. Just dropping in with a word from this week's sponsor, Factor. Have you gotten started on those New Year's resolutions yet? Me neither. But I have good news. You can get started on those resolutions with Factor, so you're ready for the new year. Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and sets you up for success in the new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, the cooking fatigue. Instead, get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan plus veggie, and more. Plus, over 55 weekly add-ons, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimesucks50, that's five zero, not the word 50, to get 50% off your first order. You can't afford not to try it with savings that huge. That's code TrueCrimeSucks50 at factormeals.com slash TrueCrimeSucks50 to get 50% off. And hey, thanks. Let's get back to the show. So yeah, they start convincing people to break contact with their family. They also start, uh, this is the kind of thing people don't want to believe actually happens or can happen, but they start doing this thing where they'll like get people in these sessions and like get them so relaxed and so comfortable that they start implanting suggestions mm-hmm. in the head. And that is such a real thing. That was like 50% of what MK Ultra 
was all about was like, how can we just like put it in someone's head to make them do what we want them to do or be the way we want them to be. Right. And they start trying to convince people that they were abused as kids to That's get another them. big cult theme. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it works in a lot of cases. They kids start firing off letters to their families being like, Hey, we're done. Like, like they're just like breaking up with their family and it's some real cult shit. And so the problem is twin flames. They have guaranteed people that they're going to meet their twin flame if they do this and time is passing and time is passing and time is passing. Right. And no one's meeting their twin flame. So they start doing this thing where they call in a person's twin flame. It's like a seance kind of, but for the living, I guess, I guess like a channeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And once they do that, once, once they're like, Hey, Heather, we, we have channeled your twin flame. We've called them in the next fucking dude. You mention they're going to be like, there it is. There's your <laughs> twin flame. Right. You. Got him. Yeah. And that happens to Marley, basically mm -hmm. Keely's sister. She is like having all these issues, finding her twin flame. And they're like, all right, Keely's just going to fucking call it in for you. We'll take care of this. And some bro sends Marley like an emo song on Facebook. And Jeff's like, there it is. That's him. And meanwhile, Marley's like, I didn't like this guy at all. He looked creepy. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think it's also implied that he's like, he's probably significantly older than her too, because she's yeah. a young girl in this. Like she was 19. Yeah. And we eventually find out he was 11 years older than her. Mm -hmm. He was and, a felon too, right? Yeah. He had, he didn't have a job. He had a criminal record. I believe he lived with his mom. Mm -hmm. He couldn't leave the state of Utah because oh, of yes, I remember that. his criminal record. So they eventually force, they, they pretty much force Marley to move to Utah to be with this guy. Right. Because they need success stories like any other, like, Remember those eHarmony commercials? They were always, there was always a couple in them who was like, yeah, it fucking works. And like, they needed that. And they started forcing it and forcing it and forcing it. Mm -hmm. And they also go so far as to tell Keely and Marley that they need to sever their bond too, because their whole thing is once you find your twin flame, that's all you should be focused on. Like nothing else matters except making a life with your twin flame union harmonious <laughs> union. Yes. And, uh, speaking of focusing on your twin flame, no matter what we meet L she's a DJ. Heather, you ever date L? I know you love a DJ. I, I did not. Mm, disappointing. I'm straight. So, well, I have bad <laughs> news. She's your twin flame. Uh Oh, <laughs> She was a twin flame believer. She met her twin flame at Burning Man, which, okay, come on. But at first, she didn't really know he was her twin flame. That guy broke up with her, and then she went to twin flame to find her next twin flame. Mm -hmm. Jeff was like, uh-oh, bad news. It's actually your ex. So 
you're just right. going to keep pursuing that. And right up top, it sounds like he talked her into breaking into her ex's apartment over it mm -hmm. because she talks about how she wanted to confront him. So she was just at his place one night. Right. And that is essentially what happens over the course of an uncomfortable amount of time. They're just encouraging this woman, like, listen, don't give up. This is the love of your life. Like anything, like he's just putting it off. Like he's, he's got a block of some sort that he needs to work through. Right. But you need to just keep trying. And meanwhile, this guy's like on the phone with the police. Like this woman will not leave me alone. He's like every text she sends, he's contacting the police. He gets a restraining order. Right. He gets a restraining order and they tell her restraining orders aren't real. The only thing that's real is your twin flame. And yeah. that's what she says. There were several people with restraining orders. <laughs> right. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's also, uh, she says, if he put up a boundary, that boundary wasn't real. It's like that. Oof. Jeff is so sinister. Yeah, that's really, really <laughs> bad times. Yeah. And so, meanwhile, Keeley's relationship isn't going well. And they're telling her that it's just her being an emotional woman and that she should just like stop saying no to her husband, like, especially when it comes to sex. It's very rapey vibes. Right. Marital rape. And flames. Vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Keely starts to get uncomfortable with that. She's like, this dude just thought he was entitled to my body at all times. Yes. And it's probably because the teaching of twin flame is your husband is entitled to your body at all times. Mm -hmm. It's pretty fucking creepy. And uh, yeah, Marley's twin flame. His name's Joshua. He seems like a real problem. And yeah, they go into this whole section where they're just like convincing women to be stalkers. Like they're just telling these women, listen, just go out and do crime, like do crime and your twin flame will come to you. Right. And anyone who's ever dealt with someone like that knows that's like, that's the most repellent fucking behavior possible. Mm -hmm. I don't think that thing exists where you just pursue someone enough that you wear them down. Like, Right. That that's not real. Only your twin flame is real, Heather. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, it's interesting the pursuing somebody until you wear them down. That's also kind of part of the um the pickup artist thing. Or like the negative oh, yeah. thing. It's like getting them into this like convincing them or like, oh no, if they say no, don't let them say no. It's like yeah. that whole sort of thing. So many Weird. parallels here. Yeah. It's like telemarketing. Right. Take your first objection. Yeah. <laughs> overcome that. What did you think of DJL and her claim that on the night she got arrested, she just happened to show up at the same <laughs> club her ex-boyfriend was at? She was I mean, honestly, I'm not sure. I don't like I want to believe her. I want to be like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, but I don't know. It <laughs> It, yeah, it seems unbelievable. It also happened to me once. I was like just sort of dating this girl and we had talked on the phone and it was like sort of unpleasant, like it wasn't going anywhere. And I went out that night and she just like 
showed up where I was at. And I was like, oh, this, this feels weird. Like, Wait, this, was, was this here in Los Angeles? It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, like the second biggest city in the, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in we, the country. <laughs> and we, she, just, she well, happens to be there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, no, I was the one who felt weird, though. Okay. Even though I got there first. You know what? Fuck that. What the fuck? <laughs> no, no. She should feel weird. Hmm. But I know these coincidences do happen. Sure. I don't know. I don't know, DJ L. Either way, she ends up in jail for a while because she gets to jail and she's like, I knew two phone numbers by memory, my ex and my mom, and I had already cut ties with my mom. So I just kind of had to sit in jail for a while. And she's like there for a long time. She's there for like a month. Yeah, she's there for a while. (laughs) Yeah. And so that brings us to episode two. The first person we talked to is a former Twin Flames member named Angie. Mm-hmm. Boy, do they put Angie through some shit. Woof. They first convince her that a coworker is her Twin Flame, and he, like, friend zones her really hard. Like, he sends a text and is like, uh-uh, this isn't fucking happening. And meanwhile, back at Twin Flames, they're like, nope, he's wrong. You're right. He's your Twin Flame. You just need to keep pursuing this mm-hmm. and the same fucking thing happens. She turns in to this fucking obsessed stalker and they're just like willing these people to do this shit. And God, it's interesting to watch, but they also tell people, if you follow your life's purpose, you'll find the love of your life. And Hey, maybe, but then not long after that, they're like, Oh, all of your life's purpose. It's to work for twin flames. <laughs> What a coincidence. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, it's people working for free. This is the part in any cult documentary where my fucking alarm bells go off. It's when anyone military related shows up. Mm. And in this case, it's Christine Emmerich, former military intelligence. Here she comes with the mind alignment process, which is described as the mirror exercise on steroids. And she's the one who is doing this thing where she gets people in this really relaxed state and just starts kind of peppering them with suggestions about their past. And it really is some MK Ultra shit. I don't know how familiar you are with the way MK Ultra worked, but one of not, the, not very, no. One of the things they focused on was this technique called psychic driving. Mm -hmm. And what they would do is put people in a drug induced coma and then just like play them audio suggestions, like just trying to plant ideas or feelings or whatever in people's heads. And we did this for fucking decades. And like, this feels like an offshoot of that. Like this, it, it kind of feels like MK ultra didn't end. I think it just became cults and communes. Right. Like, because that's, that's exactly what this is like. And for her to be military too. Ah, I hate it. I hate it. And then also whenever it's military and they start talking about trauma, that's, that's bad times. Red flag. (laughs) How are we feeling about the divine diet meal program? Oh boy. (laughs) Fired a little bit. The divine 
Is that what it's called? The Divine Diet? Yeah, it was called well, the Divine Diet. Okay. Keely gained 70 pounds in like a month. That, that sandwich that they showed Jeff <laughs> handling, it's like a gigantic sandwich. It looks so gross. Like something that like Dagwood would eat. Just like something <laughs> like, it's so big. And Keely's like, yeah, the diet was very carb heavy and lots of meats and that. It's like what? And apparently they would be like, "Oh, you have to eat all of the food. You have to finish the entire plate. Yeah, you know, otherwise it won't work." You know, and I and this was the most interesting part to me, uh, because like I was like, "Is this supposed to make them like sluggish and compliant?" That's what it felt like, didn't it? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because some cults they go the opposite direction and they withhold food from you like you know like in nixium they were like restricting food intake and everybody had to be thin 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 but in this one they're going the opposite way they're like no eat 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 (laughs) yeah that is interesting yeah Yeah, that, that had to be part of it because yeah you can tell from this diet like his wife gains a lot of weight keely gains a ton of weight yeah everyone starts getting huge Right. But I think he he went through the the eat, eat, eat side of it because he makes money from selling the food, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, they appoint Keely CEO of Twin Flame, but really her only role is to figure out how they can pay less taxes. And it's decided they are going to turn their business into a religion. Mm -hmm. And this is the point where Jeff just straight up starts telling people, hey, You know, all those depictions of Jesus you've seen throughout the years, notice a resemblance. Oh boy. It's me. (laughs) That's me in those pictures. Like he literally starts saying, I am the second coming of Christ. And there's like Jewish people in the group who are like, dude, we're waiting on a first coming still. Like, who the fuck are you? It's really, really, I don't know how you stick around after that. Like, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people did leave. I'm sure we're not hearing those About stories, everybody, yeah. Those stories of people who showed up for one meeting and were like, oh, fuck this. <laughs> right. This is bananas. But like once someone's like, hey, just a heads up, I'm Jesus. <laughs> like you got to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. I mean, unless it's Jesus, obviously, then, then what can you do? You got to stick around and listen. Yeah. Jeff could be you. <laughs> the messiah you have to wait to find out (laughs) and back to poor angie they it eventually turns out that her twin flame is in a relationship already with a man and nevertheless they're like nope he is just lying to himself he is denying the truth which is that you are his twin flame stick stick with it don't give up and so she keeps fucking harassing this guy and another example of someone who just turns into an actual stalker because twin flame told her to. Mm -hmm. And then she, she keeps pursuing him and he finally like texts her and snaps and is like, I'm not your fucking twin flame. This is your last warning. I'm going to call the police. And Jeff and Shalia like shame her for failing. Mm -hmm. Essentially. There's a lot of shaming involved in this group, which is another. You have to shame. You have to shame in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a common cult tactic. You see it every fucking time. And they talk about how eventually in that environment, 
like the people at the top don't even have to do the shaming because people are just like trained to always be watching each other and always like turning on each other if they do anything that is outside the teachings of that group. Mm-hmm. And speaking of that, Elle eventually gets kicked out of Twin Flames for not doing the work to fix herself. That's all they want. That's all they want is for people to do the work, you know? Right. Hey, everybody. This is still Adam, still host of the podcast you're listening to. Just dropping in to let you know that if you want to hear these episodes without annoying ads like this one, there is a solution. Just go to youdon'tpod.supercast.com and you'll find all sorts of subscription options. You can subscribe just to True Crime Sucks and Pretty Scary to get bonus episodes and ad-free episodes, or you can subscribe to everything we do. There's even lifetime subscription options. The possibilities are endless, so to speak. Once again, that is youdon'tpod.supercast.com. Go there and get extra stuff and help keep the lights on around here. Thanks. We love you. Let's get back to the show. Meanwhile, Marley's 30-year-old <laughs> twin flame is diagnosed with schizophrenia. Oh, boy. And these motherfuckers, for one, he won't do anything. He's not taking any meds. He's not getting any treatment. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen the documentary, I should mention, this isn't like allegation when we say, well, they basically went to Marley and were like, look, if you were a little more supportive and a little more of a woman, then that schizophrenia wouldn't really be that big of a deal. He'd be able to do Oh, my God. Like- no one's alleging that they said that. They say right. it yeah. on fucking Zoom calls and YouTube videos. Right. Like you see them say all these things and people still stick with them. You can cure this mental illness by just being the divine feminine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk about that. The whole concept of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. That's the, that's at the core of the twin flame thing is that somebody is the masculine and someone is the feminine and they have to come together. It's like a yin yang type thing. And yeah, I, I I guess I've never heard the divine masculine. Mm -hmm. I've heard of the divine feminine, but I think it just as a Mac Miller album, but I'm sure it's a thing in real life too. Not that Mac Miller wasn't real life, but you get it? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like they're driving ideology and I yes. think it's mostly just served a purpose because eventually they kind of weaponize it on. Right. It, it served a purpose of like creating a role for you. So yeah, it's like you have to embody this sort of like imaginary personality. Right. And that, so like blaming Marley for her, you know, her twin flames, mental illness, like, Oh, it's all your fault. You're not feminine enough. Yeah. That whole thing. And so there is of course, someone who commits suicide. There's a girl named Marta who started posting about, Hey, I think maybe the mirror thing isn't working and I might just like need actual mental health treatment. And they were like, nah, just keep doing the mirror thing. And they scheduled her to have map treatment with Jeff. That's the military shit that that woman brought in. Right. And uh, she kills herself before that can happen. And uh, 
they kind of insinuate to everyone that her suicide was the result of her not doing the work. Like if she just did the work, she that would not have happened. And so an expose comes out. Sarah Berman, the journalist we meet in the beginning of the documentary, she gets all this information from Elle and publishes this expose on Vice. And twin flames go into one, they kind of go into damage control mode, but they also around this time decide, hey, up to this point, your twin flame could be someone who was outside the twin flames organization, but not anymore. Now, all twin flames have to be twin flames members. Mm-hmm. And that's when this really, really fucking takes a turn. Yep. Because they're losing members because of the vice thing. Most of the people who are left have not found their harmonious union. And most of them are women right. are left in the group. And they put out this message and say, hey, from now on, your twin flame has to be within the group. And all these women look at each other and are like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> like right. how? Well, don't they say at some point your twin flame is in the group? Like they, they tell them they're like, they're in the group already. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, what they do is they have this big channeling event. Yes. That's what happened. Yes. And they say, Hey, good news. We found everyone's twin flame and they're all right here in the same group. And they fire off an email with these pairings. Like it's a fucking tennis tournament. <laughs> yeah. And uh Oh, a whole lot of women who did not know they were into women are now paired with women as their twin flames. Right. And they're like, listen, we told you divine masculine, divine feminine. Everyone is one or the other. And you Victoria are the divine masculine and your new wife is the divine feminine. Congratulations. Also, we're going to need you to get some surgery. Well, also at first, so earlier in the documentary, one of the things that Jeff was talking about was like, oh, you know, the power of twin flame sex and, you know, the penis is giving a gift. <laughs> yes. and, and then later, later when they switched to this whole thing, like, okay, so some of these women are divine masculines. At some point, somebody uses the phrase spirit penis. Yes. Like, are you pleasing her with your spirit penis? Are you are you pleased by the spirit penis? I do. That is like so wild to me. Oh my god! And then it somehow gets even worse because I keep in the notes. I keep bringing up Iran, and the reason I bring that up is Iran is. Uh, I think the country with the most, it's probably United States first, but Iran is up there in terms of like gender surgery, like mm -hmm. conversion surgery. And on the surface, you're like, oh, wow, that's, that seems really, really progressive for a country like Iran. And it's not. What it is, is Iran sees homosexuality as a disease and they see that surgery as the cure. I so see. there are a lot. Wait, so, so they try. Okay. So if a man is gay, they'll like try to make they him a woman. Force him to have surgery. To wow. A woman. Yes. Wow. And vice versa. Yes. Okay. Like, like it's like you, 
like if you just look at the numbers, you're like, oh, it's cool that Iran allow. Like you wouldn't even expect that they'd allow that. Mm. It's like, yeah, they don't allow people to be gay, and that they just figure is the fix. Like, oh, well, if you're gay, then we'll just give you the surgery, and that'll fix it. And that's really what's happening here because yeah. they take this group of women and they're like, all right, well, the the reason this isn't working is that you're not accepting who you really are. Mm -hmm. And so you need to go out and get this surgery and go through all of these changes. Take hormones. And yes. Mm -hmm. To become who you really are so you can better please the authoritarian regime that is ruling over you. Right. Like it's, this is probably like, this is one of the most extreme cult documentaries I think I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Imagine getting coerced into something like that. Mm -hmm. And then you snap out of it and you're like, fuck. Yeah. No, I mean, Jeff is evil. Yeah. Like 100% this guy is like out of his mind. And they do bring up there's, I mean, there are experts on stuff like this that they talk to in this. I forget. What is the guy's name? I have it. Dr. Cassius Adair. Mm -hmm. And he mentions like, Look, it's possible that a lot of like some of the people involved in this, that was just their journey. And they did come out the other end, you know, having those feelings. But then he's like, but I also looked at the interviews and a lot of people are like, well, I'm just trying to become what I'm supposed to be. And it's like, he's like, no, that's not, that's not what, that's not how people put it. It's like, that's who you are. Once you've decided to make a change like that, you fucking know it. Right. And that's why you do that. It's not because someone told you you're supposed to be attaining something and this is a means to attain it. Like it's clear that people were fucking coerced into this and it's mm -hmm. so creepy. And oh, so yeah. Bad. Mm -hmm. And they eventually pull it on Angie also. She's one of the people who's still in the group by this point. And they're like, hey, Great news. We found your twin flame and it is head of security, Victoria. <laughs> right. And she calls Victoria ahead of time and is like, Hey, you're about to get a pretty fucking crazy phone call. And Victoria sure enough gets this call from Keely. Who's like, Hey, guess what? Angie is your twin flame. And Victoria's like, no, she's not. Fuck that. That is, that's incorrect. I'm out of the group. But like, she's like the exception. Like most of the people in the group just fucking went along with this and like accepted that. All right. Well, you're both straight women, but now you're the man and you're the woman and you're like together now. Sorry. Like mm -hmm. we guaranteed you, you were going to find your twin flame and here we are. Why aren't you accepting it? Crazy lady. It's, it's very sad. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, uh, there's lots of stories from the victims and families in the third episode. It's really sad. And like, they talk to a bunch of the moms and on the one hand, they're like trying to be respectful of the fact that their child is trans and has changed their pronouns and wants to be addressed a certain way. Right. And they're like, listen, I'm not trying to get canceled. I just think maybe my kid got brainwashed into this and it, does seem like, I mean, it doesn't seem like that. Like there are, 
Because there's one girl they interview who got right up to that point. She went to her mom and was like, look, I'm actually a man. And her mom was like, do you feel that way? Or is that what they told you you feel? And she was like, you're just going to tell me I'm in a cult. And her mom was like, no, I'm not. But answer the fucking question. Right. And that's actually a thing you see with cults. Like her, what she says is my mom just asked me a really common sense question. Mm-hmm. I couldn't argue with. We did an episode of Pretty Scary about a documentary called Deprogrammed. Okay. About this really controversial cult deprogrammer in the 70s. Oh, really? Who would just like, if the family asked and if they could prove it was needed, he would basically just kidnap your kid off the sidewalk, take them to a motel room, and talk them out of being in a cult. Oh my God. And he would do it by just badgering these kids with questions like, all right, so your, your cult says, God says we can't have sex with at all. Yeah. Okay. But also your cult says you have to make lots of babies. Yeah. He's like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Without sex. <laughs> right. Or he'd be like, okay, so nothing in the world is more important than making money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also you're not allowed to work. So where are you going to get all that money? Right. And like eventually these kids would just be like, oh yeah, fuck, I'm in a cult, huh? Shit. But then also he would just like sometimes do it to kids who just weren't calling their parents enough. And they were like, mom, I'm happy. I'm not in a cult. Like there's one guy that he kidnapped like three times. And that guy still lives at the commune he was at the whole time. Wow. They just like run a restaurant and fucking live off the proceeds. And he's like, I'm happy. I've been here most of my life. Yeah. Interesting. And it does seem like that that's kind of what a lot of the people in this needed was just someone to like ask them the tough questions. But that's why a group like this separates people from their families. So no one can ask those tough questions. Right. And uh, we, we haven't talked about the third, <laughs> the third twin. Eventually, Jeff and Shalea get pregnant. Oh, yes. They start talking about how their kid is going to be the third twin. Right. Which right off the bat. (laughs) So weird. That's not how those words work in unison. Mm -hmm. And they are just going insane Mm -hmm. at this point. Like, I would love to check in on these two right now. I can't imagine what these fucking videos are like. Because in this video, which was presumably at least a couple years ago, they're talking about how this kid is only going to be allowed to have sex with God. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is really concerning. What the fuck? <laughs> right. It's really concerning when you take into account that Jeff would routinely tell people oh, not to question their God when. I mean, he- also, he says that he's Jesus. Yeah. So it's like, Jeff, do you mean you? Uh, Oh my God. That is terrifying. But, uh, God declines and they end up, they end up aborting the kid. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And well, because she had a, um, did she have a chromosomal defect or something? She said it was an ectopic pregnancy. Oh, it's ectopic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can tell they, they, they disagreed on that. Cause he goes, uh, suspected 
And she oh, goes, I remember that. Yes. Uh-huh. She goes, no, it's, I can show you it's confirmed. Right. And it's like, look, man, <laughs> you're the one talking about how this kid can only have sex with God. And you just called yourself God. I, I wouldn't blame anyone for not wanting to have your fucking baby. Right. They, they also at one point decide they're going to build a church, which is another thing you saw in the Sarah Lawrence college documentary. He at one point moved them all to like North Carolina and had them just fucking renovate a home for him. And, but they're also going to have, they're expected to have kids while they're there. And once again, they all look around and they're like, Hey, a little bit of a clam party here. I don't know what kind of, how, how are, how are we supposed to have kids? And they're like, Oh, sperm donors. And at first they're told they're going to be able to pick their own sperm donor. Right. But then now it's decided Jeff is going to be the only, the, the one who decides who the sperm donor is, which, you know, it's just going to be him. Right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah. Like one of those, have you heard of those? Like there's been a few guys who have done this, who have been uh, like gynecologists or like fertility doctors oh, yeah. and they like inject their own sperm into their patients and they like are the father of like so many children. Is that that's so crazy. And it's never like a handsome dude. It's always like someone who looks like the Philadelphia Flyers mascot or right. something. Got a bunch yeah. of looking kids out here in the world. I love the part where he makes all the women watch cult documentaries like the Nexium cult documentary and write essays on why he isn't a cult leader. And it like super backfires <laughs> and they all come back and are like, actually, it seems like you're a bit of a cult leader. And that's when Keeley and Colby realize they're in a cult. They leave, they go get Marley and man, that had to be a weird ass drive back home. I want Colby and Keeley to work out. Do we find out? Are they still married? I couldn't watch like the last 10 minutes of this. Well, it said, no, I think their marriage like fell apart because she was saying that it was like getting more and more difficult between them. Yeah. Uh, So they're divorced. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, that's a bummer. Wait. So did we talk about, um, wait, how Jeff had them watch that documentary seduced about, um, the Nixium cult. Yeah. I just mentioned okay, that. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the part where they came back and were like, no, actually you're, you're kind of a cult leader. Right. You- yeah. I, yeah. Total backfiring. Mm-hmm. And another thing that backfires is at one point he tells all these coaches that he's just going to start taking 50% of their income. Mm. And like, I can see how that would really be like last straw type material. That's what eventually breaks Angie because she's working as a coach and she was like, I can't live on 50% of what I'm making right now. And when she tries to tell him that they're like, it's because you're being a weak woman right now. Oh boy. You're a weak divine feminine or masculine. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, that, that really sets people off. How do you feel about Keely? How do I feel about her? Yeah, because I feel bad for her. Yeah, I do too, because this isn't Jonestown. The thing I bring up about Jonestown all the time, the first survivors out of Jonestown, the people who were like, oh, you're not going to believe what was happening to their man. They were the people who were doing it, but they weren't doing it in like, oh, well, Jim Jones recruited them. Right. 
and he got them under their spell. Like they just helped. Mm-hmm. And then when they realized shit was going to hit the fan, they left and were like, Hey, we're victims too. And no, they fucking weren't. Mm-hmm. Healy is a victim here. Oh yeah, totally. Like, I mean, they, I, they recruited her when she was vulnerable, of course. Right. Yeah. You know, she was, she's Super being taken advantage of by this guy colby you know? yeah yeah it's I, I i i buy her emotion at the end like when she I, yeah she feels remorseful and i believe it you yeah know? Mm-hmm. yeah why i mean and why wouldn't she like right she, she she was also talking to that um is she like a type of deprogrammer or a cult expert who was um talking about like part of like the ending of being in a cult is realizing that you did these abusive things to other people that you were complicit in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it did remind me of that in that way. Cause she did do a lot of the stuff. Like she was a higher up, but right. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel the same as Jonestown. It feels like, I don't know. I kind of think of Tom Cruise that way. Sometimes they got Tom Cruise so fucking young. Oh, I think about that all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, wasn't he like 19 or 20 or something? Because he was his wife or girlfriend, Mimi Rogers, right? Right. Got him and into it. Significantly older than him. Oh, yeah. No, she was a lot older than him. So I obviously cur- in his current state, he's like deep. He's like deep in it. I think he's so deep in it that he, he doesn't even know what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's he would need deprogramming. Oh, for sure. And also another thing about Tom is like, um, you know, like in the last like 20 years or so, I feel like I think the church has been restricting the types of movies he can do because remember he did those interesting parts. Like he did uh, eyes wide shut. And then Mm. he did, he did Magnolia, which were very like different types of, parts especially magnolia and you and the thing is is that pta apparently was like feuding with somebody in scientology so yeah like he and yeah so that is part of why they think like tom was basically punished and now he has to only do action movies or something (laughs) so i yeah i think they have that sort of control over him it's interesting yeah so yeah, the rest of the documentary is just kind of that. It's kind of the aftermath. It's pretty fucking sad. And yeah, I guess Twin They're Flame. still going. Still going. Jeff and Shalia are still active. Save 15% off your annual subscription with code True Crime Sucks at checkout. Twin Flame subscription. <laughs> oh, okay. Wait, 50% off of 222 or... Yeah, I yeah. can't. I can't do the math on that, but it's sounds, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think that's our episode, right? Yep. Unless we're, I mean, we could go. We should go deep cover and join Twin Flame for a bit. Um, you know, I have to say, I did deprogram myself from believing I have a Twin Flame in, in late 2020, <laughs> and I don't think I'm going to go back. But <laughs> yeah, probably the safer bet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Heather, thank you so much for doing the pod. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? AdamToddBrown.substack.com. You can go read my writings there. What do you got to plug? Okay, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, especially Instagram. I need to get my Instagram followers up. Otherwise, 
agents and managers will never speak to me. Um, it's at <laughs> Fixed Air Heather. And also I'm doing stand-up, of course. I'll um, have a show in LA on January 13th. And then the end of February, early March, I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon. Very nice. Yes. And let's get out of here. Heather, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. <laughs>